the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get you started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the fourth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And once again, the New England Patriots, champions of the football world. And I will tell you this, I could not be happier about that. I normally don't talk sports on this program. Unless Peter Kirshenow was calling in to tell me how many days until pitchers and catchers report or until the NBA Finals or the start of the World Series or those kinds of things, and we'll kick that around once in a while. I have done sports for a large part of my career. Still do it in a different venue. Uh, but I want to talk about sports this morning, at least for this uh, segment, about the Super Bowl yesterday in context with the world around us today. All right? Yesterday, uh, the New England Patriots win was a liberal loss. And that's one of the reasons I was so excited to see it happen. Now, here in Cleveland, Ohio, we're not supposed to like the Patriots because, well, Bill Belichick is their coach. And Bill Belichick was the coach who benched Bernie Kosar and then released Bernie Kosar saying his skills were diminishing. How dare he? Bill Belichick was, was a symbol of all that was wrong with the Browns, and then Art Modell, after firing Belichick, took the Browns to Baltimore. We're supposed to hate Bill Belichick's success because how come he couldn't do so well when he was here? Well, by the way, come to find out, he was right about Bernie. His skills were diminishing at that point in his career as he never got another phone call from another team to be their starting quarterback. He ended up being a backup quarterback in a couple of cities. His skills had diminished to the point where he shouldn't be a starter anymore. But that's neither here nor there. Point being, I know we're not supposed to like Bill Belichick. And quite frankly, I don't. But he coaches a team that I very much do like. At least one time a year. I like them when they can tick off liberals everywhere by continuing to achieve and ascend to greater heights than ever before. The Patriots symbolize the liberals' most hated people in America, the successful. The Patriots are achievers. The Patriots are overachievers. The Patriots are privileged. The Patriots are better at what they do than everybody else. And they have more currency than everyone else. They are sports 1%. They're the one percenters that the left hates so much. From the sports standpoint, what is their currency? Not dollars. Their currency is in titles. Their currency is in championship rings. Their currency is in championship parades. And the liberals hate them. See, the American left, excuse me, the American left... has for a long, long time and continues to demonize success. If they could, the American left would look at Bob Kraft and the New England Patriots and tax them at 70 to 90% of their championship rings. They would say that this is not fair. 
to the likes of the Cleveland Browns. You have six championships. The Browns have none. How is that fair? You have six championships. The Detroit Lions have never been in a Super Bowl at all, like the Browns. How is that fair? I think you need to donate 70% of your championships back to the league to be doled out and, and distributed to the less fortunate, to the less or lower achievers in the interest of fairness. If the socialists had their way, that is exactly what happened. What would happen, rather? The Patriots would have to give some of their success to the less successful. Just in the interest, you know, you were already born with, with, uh, you know, born on third base. You, you didn't have very far to go. Because, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, well, their success, I mean, obviously is not fair. They cheat like all successful people. Kind of like somebody who's born to a billionaire. They didn't earn their wealth. They had handed down to them. This is the kind of mindset the left hates successful people. The left hates overachievers. And they want to take some of what those overachievers have and give it to those who refuse to even try. Kind of like the Browns for the last 20 years. Kind of like the Browns since they came back in 1999 for over 20 years. They've practically not even tried. (laughs) When you look at their success rate, not a single playoff win, only one playoff appearance in 20-plus years, changing coaches or GMs or presidents or quarterbacks literally every other year, and they're not even attempting to build a successful franchise. The Browns need an NFL EBT card. Or at least they had until they drafted Baker Mayfield. Maybe things are turning around now. But they need an EBT card. They ought to be able to get some of the Patriots' success transferred to them in an account that they can then withdraw currency on. Want to know why else the left hates the New England Patriots, which is why I am celebrating their championship this morning and why I celebrated it last night? In the red zone, the first one for the game on either side. From the two, first and goal. Running it for the touchdown. Oh, I was cheering. Sony Michelle. I was cheering. That was after Tom Brady threw an absolute dot to Rob Gronkowski over the arms of two defenders, dropping it right in the breadbasket on the one yard line, setting them up for that uh, for the game's only touchdown. I was cheering for all of it. You want to know why? Another reason. The left once saw in Tom Brady's locker one of those clan hoods, right? You remember that, right? You've seen the picture probably on social media, online. Tom Brady with a KKK hood in his locker as he was doing interviews. Cameras caught it. No, it wasn't the white pointy one. It was the red one in the form of a baseball cap that said, uh, Make America Great Again on it. You know how that's a that's a Klansman hood now, according to the American left. Tom Brady supports Donald Trump. And that's why the left, another reason why the left wants this overachieving, hyper-successful, must-be-a-cheater, Trump supporter to lose. That's exactly why I supported him. Bob Kraft, longtime supporter of and friend of President Trump. Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. 
The left didn't want him anywhere near another championship. How dare these Trump supporters win? Belichick, although he's much less verbose about any of this, because he doesn't really talk to anyone about anything, also believed to be a a Trump supporter. And that's why the left was going crazy about the idea of the Patriots in a third straight Super Bowl and a chance to win their second in the last three and a chance to win the record-tying sixth of their historic careers. They couldn't stand that, which is why I supported that. Every single step of the way. When Patriots win, liberals lose. In football and in life. When true Patriots, perhaps you, me, those who believe in our Constitution, our system of government, our republic, our criminal justice system, meritocracy, hard work, achievement, capitalism, When we, believers in all of those which make us patriots, win, liberals who believe in the exact opposite, they lose. In football, as in life. One of the greatest moments in that game yesterday for me was a pretty nondescript play. Didn't go for a touchdown. Didn't set up a field goal. Wasn't a big turnover. Didn't win the game. But Tom Brady... Had the uh, field mics pretty close to him, apparently. I don't think he was mic'd up for this game, but the field mics, the parabolic mics that they have on each side of the field that try to capture all of the sound that goes on in between the sidelines, you know, on the playing field, caught it. During the, I want to say it was the second quarter, it might have been third, but the, the, the microphones caught it, and so did the announcers. Brady even had a Reagan audible. He's at the line of scrimmage, calling the signals, then seeing the defense wasn't going to be in the position that he wanted them for this particular play, audibled, screaming to his team, Reagan, Reagan. Tony Romo, the broadcaster, former quarterback and broadcaster, caught it and said, did you say Reagan, Reagan? And then immediately seeing, I think it was Rex, (coughs) excuse me, sorry about that. I think it was Rex Burkhead uh, uh, took a handoff and ran uh, off right tackle. And Tony Romo immediately caught that too and said, now we know Reagan means run to the right. (laughs) That's <laughs> priceless. It was physically and literally a run to the right, but obviously the connotation of running to the right wing. It's a Reagan play. And I guarantee you the left hated that too. Let me tell you another reason I enjoyed that Super Bowl so thoroughly. I enjoyed that Super Bowl because the Rams, in the couple of days leading up to the game, announced they were not sure as a team if they would accept an invitation to see Donald Trump in the White House if they won. Got news for you, Rams. You're not invited. Losers don't get invited to the White House. The winners do. So you don't have to worry about having a team vote as to whether or not you will go and accept an honor from the greatest office of the most powerful person in the world. You don't have to worry about it. You're not invited. And the fact that they were focused on such things like that as opposed to winning probably contributed to their losing. So the hell with the Rams. Where are they from? Los Angeles. The heck with Hollywood, Los Angeles. The heck with liberal L.A. Screw California in general, quite frankly. I am glad that Patriots beat liberals again, as they always do. And let me throw a couple of other quick things at you. 
just reactions to the Super Bowl yesterday. I want to give credit to the Super Bowl committee, whoever it is, that decides on performances, and that got Gladys Knight, an Atlanta native, to do the national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's what so proudly we at the twilight's last gleaming. She was spectacular. You know, Whitney Houston's rendition of the National Anthem is still widely considered to be the best ever. In fact, it was released as a single for purchase after she did that in the 19, I want to say, 91 Super Bowl, I think it was. Whitney Houston's was remarkable, but Gladys Knight's was right there. You heard the soul. Not pardon that pun because she's considered the Empress of Soul as compared to uh, the um, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. God rest her soul. But Gladys Knight considered to be the Empress of Soul. But the soul, meaning deep within inside her, the passion, the love for this country that came through her voice was so wonderful. And the fact that she sang with that deep pride and not a single kneeler among uh, among the two football teams. Uh, on that field. No one playing the I hate America game. Nobody playing the America's not fair game. Everyone recognizing the beauty and the majesty of this great country and her voice just soared to the heavens, in my opinion. And I've got one more thought here before I go to our traffic, and I know I'm running a little late in the monologue, and that's okay. If you go on social media, after the halftime show performed by Maroon 5, you saw people destroying Maroon 5. Worst halftime show ever. Never seen anything so boring. Never seen anything so blasé. What a snoozer. That was a terrible choice for halftime shows. Maroon 5 is... I'm going to say this, and I'm going to and I'm going to stand by this. I will not join the chorus of people criticizing the halftime show, and here's why. It wasn't my favorite performance of all time. Quite frankly, I wish they'd go back to, back to marching bands. Quite frankly, I think the Ohio State University band, otherwise known as the best damn band in the land, should have marched and entertained the crowds and the world from that stage the, or from that uh, from that field. My goodness gracious, the shows that they put on at Ohio Stadium are remarkable the stuff of legend i would love to see that but having said that we didn't we don't do marching bands we do musical bands and maroon 5 stepped up despite non-stop criticism from leftist hollywood and the leftist music and entertainment industry so many of whom led by the likes of cardi b and other liberal uh hate mongers declaring that none of us will ever do the halftime show as long as Colin Kaepernick is not playing in the league. Colin Kaepernick has been mistreated. Colin Kaepernick is a victim of the white racism practiced by the NFL. We're not participating in the halftime show. All of these acts said they would not do anything with the halftime show of the Super Bowl, except Maroon 5. And Maroon 5 has been lambasted and criticized. And some said, well, maybe they're doing it. 
But they plan to show solidarity with Kaepernick with a kneel down or something of that effect during the actual performance. Maroon 5 stood up in the face of all of that criticism and all of those threats to their own popularity and so forth, so on and so forth. And they did a show. They did it without politics. They did it without social justice messaging. They just entertained the crowd. If you didn't like the performance of the music, that's your prerogative. I will not criticize that because I salute them for having the guts in the face of all of those political headwinds and the threats to their performance and record sales and so on and so forth. They stood up, and they did the show, and they did it non-politically, and they have my deepest respect for that. I'd love to hear from Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. I want to enjoy it again. In the red zone, the first one for the game on either side from the two. First and goal. Running it for the touchdown. Sony Michelle. I made the score Patriots 10, Liberals 3, and I enjoyed every single second of it. Let's get a few phone calls in here this morning. Mark in Fairview Park. Thanks for your patience, Mark. You're on the air. Good morning. Go ahead. Thanks, Bob. I'm going to move fast because I know you got the news coming up. But uh, yes, after Como's big victory last week on the abortion issue, issue which really made uh, really sick in my stomach, uh, his comments now on the New York City uh, federal jail, which you probably heard about, that uh, partially lost heat and power during the freeze. He considers it a violation of human decency and dignity. You know, I think the man's like Pelosi. When it comes down to morals, they're both very confused people. And I'd also like to finish up with mentioning that uh, I was watching on the news to uh, comment on this singer, uh, Smolin or Smolik or something, who was uh, supposedly Just, no, confronted. Not a singer, by... not an, hold, hold on, hold on. Not a singer. He's an actor first. Uh, he's oh. known for the show Empire, which I've never seen. In fact, mm-hmm. I'd never heard of him until this, this story broke, by the way. But his yeah. name is Jussie Smollett. But go ahead. Yeah, who was uh, supposedly confronted by this uh, hate crime, you know. I, have a, I, you know. I just have a few problems with this story. He's out on the street at night, 20 to 30 degrees below zero. Two guys just happened to be waiting to attack him, uh, making gay slurs, which he is, uh, put a noose and rope around his neck and, quote, mega hat versus. And the guy's known to be a Trump hater anyhow. And, uh, you know, I, I think what you see where I'm going with this, I, it, it's far from the first time these things have happened anyhow. And uh, I just I, I just get the inkling of a little perpetration of a fraud here. And uh, thank you, Bob, for your time. Mark, my friend, I've got more than an inkling. I don't believe a single solitary word the man has said. Police have combed through hundreds of hours of surveillance video from that area and can find nothing relating to the truth or relating to uh, any evidence that would point toward his story being validated in any way, shape, or form. He claimed, it, like you said, at 2 o'clock in the morning and 20 to 30 below temperatures in Chicago, that two white people used racial and uh, um, um, homosexual slurs at him while attacking him and telling him this is Trump country. Since when is Chicago Trump country? Chicago is one of the most liberal cities in America. The idea that anybody's going to be wearing MAGA hats and screaming Trump slogans in downtown Chicago at 2 o'clock in the morning without getting shivved uh, is, is, is laughable. 
And not to mention the fact that he's not cooperating with police and will not even turn over his phone to see if there's any evidence that can be gleaned from that. So, no, I don't believe one single story, uh, word of that story. we got more coming up after the news on AM 1420. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues. One the answer. Good morning. REM, one of my favorite all-time bands. Uh, they're terrific. Good song there. Uh, of course, they are some of the most liberal, ridiculous, uh, politically oriented uh, musicians out there. Uh, so I don't know why I keep listening, but they are very good. But you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather give Adam Levine a little bit more of my time since we're doing music. I was just just in the course of actually writing a Facebook post during the uh, bottom of the hour news there, and I'm going to put this on my Facebook page. Follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at Radio Done Right or France Radio. Both of those will work. France, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. And I'm just basically laying out what I said in the open. People are killing Maroon 5 for the halftime show, said they didn't like it. But even though I would uh, still prefer a return to marching bands, uh, I will not join the chorus of criticism of Maroon 5. They stood up in the face of incessant criticism and threats from the uh, political left, from the entertainment left, from the Hollywood left. How dare you agree to participate in this NFL show when the NFL is blackballing Colin Kaepernick and won't give him a job because he opposes racism, etc., etc. Maroon 5 stood up and said, no, we will not, we will not give in. We will not back down from your threat. They played a show. They kept politics out of it. And um, they have my respect for that. It wasn't my favorite show. I like some Maroon 5, by the way. I have a couple of their songs on my, uh, on my playlist on my phone anyway. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but and that wasn't my be- the best halftime show. I mean, the best halftime show is the likes of Bruno Mars and Prince, and one you know one of Prince's last uh, uh, massive public events was a Super Bowl performance a few years back before his death. Uh, those are tremendous halftime shows. You're not going to get those all the time. Sometimes you're just going to get okay shows. This was just an okay show, but to me it was a great show because Maroon 5 stood up in the face of all of those threats from the left, even though Adam Levine himself is also a liberal. He, he didn't bow down to it, and I have respect for that. See that? You hear that, liberals? You can earn respect from conservatives like me just by being decent people, being patriotic, and not bowing down to the threats of your, uh, of your brethren uh, on the liberal side of the uh, ideological spectrum. Max in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Max. Go right ahead. Yes, hi, Mr. France. I called to comment on, you know, the thing is we can't get health care and all the things we need for our elderly people, our veterans, and people who have been in this country forever because the government is giving it all away to the illegal people coming in here for free. And it's a sad thing. And another thing I wanted to comment on is, when they talked about the first should be last and the last should be first, why come people can't wake up and smell the coffee? One day the people who have been in this country and you all have been in this country forever, and it's not been a lot of problems, and now you're going to have illegal people from all walks of life, cultures coming in and going to take over. The first should be last and the last should be first. And that's a sad situation if people don't wake up and start doing what they're supposed to do. 
Well, Maxine, I appreciate. Thank you so much for the call, and I appreciate your sentiments. Um, I would say this: it's it's okay to have people of other cultures come into this country. That has been a benchmark of of this country for for decades and decades, for the last couple of centuries, in fact. So it's okay. You know, to to say that di- different cultures are coming here. What we ask, though, of course, is that when you bring your culture, and if your culture is Eastern European or Western European, or if it's African, or if it's Asian, or if it's uh, if it's Latin or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Bring it with you. Be proud of it, but make sure that it is second to the one thing that draws that that ties us all together: the American culture. Just make sure that your first loyalty is to the United States and our culture and our language and our belief systems. And the reason for that is, and I'm going to say something that may be controversial, but I don't care. Because our culture is better. Well, what are you talking about? What do you mean your culture is better? Isn't that racist? No. No, because we're not talking about your race. We're talking about the culture of the country or the, uh, the, the, the part of the world that you're coming from. If yours was better, you wouldn't be leaving it. Right? If your country's socialist, governmental, big governmental controlled, governmentally controlled culture was successful, you wouldn't be leaving it to come to this one, to capitalism and the land of opportunity and freedom of speech and, and democracy practiced in our wonderful representative republic. Our culture works. If there's a reason we are the most successful, the richest, the most military, mil- militarily dominant, And by that, we don't mean that we go out there and we assault other countries, but we are big enough to protect other countries who need our help as well as ourselves. There's a reason why our culture has become the greatest in the history of human civilization. Because it works. So it's okay for other cultures to come here and keep your culture too. But make sure it comes second to the American culture. Because it's that culture that you chose. You can't choose where you're born. You're born into a culture, you're born into a society without your choice. If, as you grow up, you realize, I don't like this very well, it isn't working very well for me, and you choose another culture, the one thing, the first thing, the most mandatory thing that you can and should do is to embrace that new culture first. And then talk about what makes you different from your own culture. But you don't show up here not wanting to assimilate into our culture, bringing only your culture and just relocating it. You don't do that and expect to be accepted as a part of this wonderful melting pot called America. This is where Tom Brokaw got in trouble. And then he apologized, and he shouldn't have. Tom Brokaw, on NBC last weekend, if you recall, actually said the one problem is that a lot of people in the Hispanic culture are coming here and refusing to assimilate. And he got ripped for that. Why should they? The Hispanic culture is a great culture. Okay. I'm sure it is. But if it was that great, why are you leaving it? Why, why are you leaving the country and the culture that is so great to come to this one, which is not? You're choosing this one. You can't choose where you're born. You can choose where you go. 
And when you choose to go somewhere, it's because you believe it's better than where you came from. Please treat it so. That's all we ask. 216-901-0945, Both of those numbers get you here. Yes, you knew I was going to have to go there. Yes, you knew uh, that the governor of Virginia is going to be a hot topic on this Monday morning, as he has been for the last three days, quite frankly. Governor Ralph Northam is going to be forced to resign. The old yearbook photo causing so much controversy for Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. One man is in blackface. Another is wearing a Ku Klux Klan robe. Northam first issued an apology, but he's now backtracking, saying even though the picture is on his page, it's not him. He adds he never purchased the yearbook or even saw the picture until this weekend, while still taking some of the blame. It was my responsibility to recognize and prevent it from being published in the first place. The governor did admit to darkening his face while dressing as Michael Jackson for a dance contest the same year as the yearbook photo. Still, many figures within Northam's own party are calling for his resignation, from Virginia senators to the official state Democratic Party. It's that last part of the story that I would like to speak on. That, uh, that part is very, very important. That the Democrats and the American left are calling on Ralph Northam to resign. One might think that that's because the Democrats are virtuous and true. They oppose racism. And for this man 30 years ago to have appeared in a photo in a yearbook, and, and it's not just the fact that there was a photo, but that he was dressed for whatever occasion it was, either as a man in blackface next to the KKK uh, hooded uh, 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 you know, compadre there, or if he was in the KKK hood next to a friend dressed in blackface. Either way, they were dressed and standing together for obviously comedic purposes to say, look at this, a black guy and a KKK uh, member uh, arm in arm, standing together, appearing at whatever costume party they were doing or whatever. That was their gag in the 1980s. Well, this is a clear indication of racism on the part of Ralph Northam. And as we are the party that opposes racism, we have to get Ralph Northam to resign. NAACP President Derek Johnson spoke out. At this juncture, no. You know, he, he finished medical school, was, received a yearbook with a racist uh, picture on his page in the yearbook, and he has said nothing about it. So Johnson essentially saying, you can't accept his apology here. He didn't say anything about it, and it's been in that yearbook for 30 years. He said nothing, ever, even when he was running for governor. By the way, the idea that that could have been hidden? No oppo research done at all by the Republicans during this last gubernatorial race? Are you kidding me? Nobody could have found that? As easy as it was? But I digress. I want to talk about the Democrats' outrage. Levied at Ralph Northam. Oh, he can't represent us like that. He must go. He must resign. He's a racist. Or at least he harbored racist attitudes back then. Therefore, he must go. Let's cut to the truth here. Democrats are not actually outraged at Ralph Northam. In fact, they would defend him to the hilt if it didn't hurt them politically. They would declare that that is nothing, there's no proof that it's him. And of course, his own changing statements certainly don't help the situation. First, he apologized for being in the photo, then said, oh, it wasn't me after all. But I once did darken my skin to dress as Michael Jackson and try to moonwalk. 
It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Why would you say that's not me and you can't prove that it's me? Because think about it. You can't tell who he is because that dark shoe polish or whatever it is he used to create the back blackface, whoever in the photo used the blackface, really you know, takes away all of his characteristics and features, not to mention he's 30 years older now, so you can't really tell anyway. Or he's under it. We don't know which one. You either apologize for it because you do remember dressing up in it and you are seriously sorry for it, or you say it wasn't me. And if you're going to say it wasn't me, this is a lie, then why would you say but there's no picture of this one, but I once did do blackface to be Michael Jackson. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And the left would defend him if they could, if it didn't hurt them politically. See, here's how the political aspect of this works. The, what is the core of the Democrat argument against Republicans, especially coming up in the 2020 presidential race? The core argument is Donald Trump is racist, Right? Sherrod Brown said that this weekend. Again, Sherrod Brown just flat out says, I think this country hasn't dealt well with the issues of race. I mean, we have a president who's a racist. Donald Trump's a racist. This is what the left does. It's what the Democrats are going to continue to try to advance. Donald Trump is a racist. Bernie Sanders said it. Sherrod Brown said it. Virtually every prominent Democrat has come out and said, this is the core. America... You can't reelect a racist. Republicans in general are racist. Those Covington kids, right? They had MAGA hats on, indicating they support President Trump. And since we declare President Trump to be a racist, ergo, his MAGA hat supporters uh, wearing those hats are our racists. Those Covington kids, why were they staring down and smirking? At that Native American? Because they're Trump supporters and Trump Trump is racist. Why were they being yelled at by the black Hebrew, excuse me, black Hebrew Israelites? Well, because they're racist. And the black Hebrew Israelites recognized them as racist and yelled at them because of it. The black Hebrew Israelites are the the victims here. The lying uh, Nathan Phillips is the victim here, the Native American, senior citizen, elder, being smirked at by a kid in a MAGA hat. See, they're racist. See, this is the core of the Democrat argument against Trump and Trump supporters and the Trump party, the Republican Party. They're racist. See, they cannot go after Trump on the economy because the economy is booming. They can't go after Trump on jobs because jobs, especially higher-paying jobs, Manufacturing jobs are booming. Wages, booming. Regulations, slashed. Businesses, growing. Military, return to full strength. And we can go on and on and on about the amazing accomplishments of Donald Trump in the first two years of his presidency. They can't touch him on the issues. So they have to play what? identity politics, and continue to call Republicans racists. Donald Trump has to be a racist in order for them to defeat him. They cannot credibly criticize anyone else for being a racist if they have a racist governor among them. So they have to call on Ralph Northam to resign simply so they can continue to take their phony high road of, we oppose racism. We even kicked one of our own out. Now you Republicans have to kick yours out. The difference is, 
Ralph Northam, actually did the things that are alleged. At least photographically, there is evidence. There is zero, let me repeat, zero evidence of Donald Trump as a racist, other than Sherrod Brown and Bernie Sanders shouting it. I got more on this topic and on this front, and I welcome you to 216 back after this. We can change the world. Nine fifty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. So, give me your thoughts on what the left is doing to uh, to Ralph Northam, a man that they would absolutely rally behind if they could. A man that they would absolutely say, if this was not the start of an ele- a presidential election cycle, they would absolutely not be telling Ralph Northam to resign. They would stand up for him. They would stand up to those who would criticize him. They would say there is no evidence. The Republicans are jumping the gun. They're presuming guilt, blah, blah, blah. They try to compare it to the um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings, saying Republicans rallied to Kavanaugh's defense when there wasn't enough evidence in their mind. And look at us. We're actually going after our own. They would stand up for him if it weren't for this election cycle and the fact that they know they have nothing, nothing to come at Republicans with other than identity politics. Republicans don't care about black people. Republicans don't care about brown people. Republicans only want to make America white again. And we won't stand for anything less, uh, uh, you know, less than full condemn- condemnation of them. And Ralph Northam then must take condemnation from us as well. That's Governor what Ralph about. Northam now says the picture of a man in blackface in his med school yearbook wasn't him. But has the damage been done? National NAACP President Derek Johnson on ABC's This Week said Northam should have addressed this already. As Lieutenant Governor uh, during the Charlottesville incident and many other times prior to now to disclose that he has changed his ways. Ohio Democrat Senator Sherrod Brown on NBC's Meet the Press says Northam should indeed address this. I think he should resign. Now he then can contribute to this dialogue. But he, as I said, he should do it as a private citizen. North- I, every time I hear that man's voice, uh, it, it you know, Chris Matthews on MSNBC once said that Obama's voice gave him a, what was it, a thrill up his leg. Um, Sherrod Brown's voice gives me chills in my spine. Chills, not thrills. Chills. I, I am. Just, I, mean, I cringe every time I hear it. I mean, he sounds like he swallowed about four razor blades before he started speaking. And it's not just how he sounds, but it's what he's saying, including Charlottesville was only a symptom and and a more public viewing and outing, if you will, of the president's views about race. I mean, there, there, there's just no question about that. There's no question about that. The president's views about race. He's clearly a racist. I think this country hasn't dealt well with the issues of race. I mean, we have a president who's a racist. Yeah, and they, they say that so casually. They say that so casually as if it's just accepted, as if it's true, as if it's, uh, you know, it's something that, that can be proven. You know, it's factual. They say that because they want you to believe that it is factual. Bernie Sanders. Today we talk about justice and today we talk about racism. And I must tell you, it gives me no pleasure to tell you that we now have a president of the United States who is 
a racist. I, I, I wish there was a mechanism. I mean, I know there are slander laws, uh, but you don't want to get into the courtroom and have to do this, obviously. But I wish the president could somehow fight back in a way that would obviously you know, uh, make them pay for their incredibly overused uh or their their incredible overuse of, of that slanderous term of calling him a racist again without any evidence of any kind whatsoever i really wish there was a way to fight back against that but there isn't but that's the only thing that they have to come at president trump and the republicans with is race kamala harris one of the soon to be about 30 candidates for president on the democrat side kamala harris donald trump is a racist and his organizations like ICE are racist. Come on. Senator Kamala Harris had this line of questioning for Trump's pick to head ICE. Well, the, the Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? She actually went before, uh, uh, well, she is on a Senate committee, but in a, in a Senate, Senate testimony and declared that ICE is like the KKK. Because ICE is run by Donald Trump, and Donald Trump, of course, is sympathetic to the KKK and is racist. That's the only re- reason Ralph Northam finds himself in the situation he does now. Because has it occurred to you, if there's any reason for you to doubt whatsoever that what I'm saying is true, consider the fact that not one of them called for his resignation after he called for the murder of newborn babies. Not one of them said he should resign because he, he advocated for post-birth killing. Fourth trimester, post-delivery baby murder. He said it. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So He literally said the physician and the mother can decide whether or not that baby gets delivered or die as it lay there next to the freshly baby-delivering mom. Not one liberal Democrat called for his resignation after such a barbaric suggestion. But now they call for his resignation over the racist yearbook photos. Tell me, is there any virtue to their position? Or is it all politics to their position? Our two is coming. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.